a bullet for a pretty boy off of razor and tie arteries release of revision revise the deceiver
Welcome everyone to episode 9 of the Newborn Podcast. I am Remy, the Newborn Father. First of all, before we get started tonight, I need to apologize. Uh, so, the actual start time each and every week is absolutely Tuesday at 10.30 Central Standard Time. Unfortunately, this week I had a little bit going on, uh, both in kind of my life apart from Little Man and with Little Man. So... You know, things got kind of gummy this week, and I know a lot of you can certainly understand that, um, but still, that notwithstanding, I still do apologize, you know, for the various setbacks that forced the podcast uh, for episode 9 uh, back all the way up until right now. So, you know, I, I appreciate you uh, listening in either right now or on the download. You can listen on the download after every podcast, usually the next day after it goes live, via the Stitcher mobile app. You can download the Stitcher mobile app to any mobile device that you have. You can listen in on your commute, on your way to work. I would like to think, hopefully, that most of us don't have to work on Sundays, but if you do, you can listen to the Newborn Podcast there, or you can listen to the Newborn Podcast via Stitcher each and every week, every single time it goes up on the archive, and I do my very best to make sure that it goes up as soon as humanly possible. So, as I promised, I... I'm launching the first regular segment for the show this week, and more are to follow, um, but you actually just heard the first segment, and the first segment was the song that played before the show's regular intro, and I should qualify my intentions, uh, kind of honestly from here on out, and my intention is that while originally the podcast uh, was and still absolutely is meant to be an introspective look at what it is like to be a newborn father. And really, I, I suppose to be a newborn father, but really to be a newborn parent, right, is, um, you know, to share the stories that I have as they come along each and every week. And I'm certainly going absolutely to keep following that track each and every week as I have up till now and I will until the end of time with this podcast and I don't foresee that happening anytime in the near future not whatsoever but this past week week and a half I've really been kind of taking a second look at the function of the podcast and I realized that as much as this can be a venue for me to share my stories with you, at the same time, these podcasts are archived, and they're not simply archived via the Stitcher mobile app or via my originating RSS feed or anywhere else. They are saved and archived in multiple places on my own devices, and with that being said, that also means at the same time that they are conceivably archived 
for uh, audio consumption from Little Man once he's older. So it behooves me to use this podcast, number one, as has always been and as always will be, to share my stories on a week-to-week week-to-week basis, excuse me, with you, um, but also to serve as an audio diary for my son, because as much as we hate to say it, during our time with our little people, you know, the, the act of becoming a parent is not an infinite act. And I know that's a very dark way to start the podcast. And I don't mean to start on such a somber note, but it is the truth. And if I can save anything for him to hear years down the line, then I want him to have some kind of substance here um, besides just the little kind of you know, funny stories that happen week to week. And I'm absolutely going to continue sharing those. I absolutely am. But at the same time, I feel as if I should direct some commentary towards him as well. And I've also decided at the same time that feedback I get, you know, once... I've I've always been told, and I've been told by very successful podcasters that... Um, that I've come to know over the last handful of years that the audience will come eventually. So just keep doing what you're doing. And, you know, if you have a niche, if you have a place, then eventually people will start listening in. And I believe that, I do. Uh, but even if people don't, then I still feel with this new realization that there's still a function. There's still a function to what I'm doing, and that's to catalog my own experiences with my son and maybe even to share some stories for him specifically. So the new segment, beginning with this ninth episode, is that each and every week I'm going to share a, a, a song, a specific song with everybody out there that has particular importance to me and, if at all possible, a song that has particular importance as it relates to Little Man himself. So this week I chose to lead the segment with a track from A Bullet for a Pretty Boy and the track's name is The Deceiver. It's off of their album, Revision Revise. It was released by Razor and Tie, an artery, in 2010. And the reason that I chose this specific track is... Uh, I don't... I, I refer to my son as Little Man for a very specific reason, right? Um, because he should have every right to kind of divulge himself to you guys, right? And there may come a day where he makes that decision for himself, but that should be his decision and not mine. But what I will share is that his middle name is Daniel. And 
his middle name is Daniel for a very specific reason. My brother in middle school, once he moved beyond elementary into a junior high where he got to meet a lot of people from the rest of the district's elementary schools that he previously had not had the ability to, made friends with this kid, Daniel. And we we always called him Danny. And Danny was clearly a, a special person for my brother very quickly. My brother had friends before him, and he he's had many friends over his lifetime up to this day. Uh, but Danny... Uh, when he once he met him in middle school, from that time on, he was one of his very very best friends. And as time went on, you know, my brother met his wife and had his kids, and Danny fell in love and had a little girl, beautiful little girl. And as time goes on, and this happens to everybody, and I'm sure you can relate, we start involuntary involuntarily kind of distancing ourselves from our friends and it has absolutely nothing to do other than the fact that we grow up right we grow up and we add things to our life you know we add our professions if we go to school we add our educational life if we have kids, we add our parental life and so on and so forth. And we just have less and less and less and less time to dedicate to friends. And my brother started his family life earlier than I did. And he and Danny kind of started... They always kept a connection, but it became less frequent. And that's nobody's fault, right? As I said, this is just something that happens. But because I didn't start a family or start looking at that potential portion of my life as seriously or as soon as my brother did, Danny and I, our our friendship really started solidifying more and more up until the point that after I moved to Milwaukee... I started uh, relying on Danny in a lot of ways. So once, you know, once my brother started his own life with everything, Danny and I became closer and closer and closer. And we became very good friends. And after I moved to Milwaukee out of upstate New York, Syracuse area. Um, it got to the point where I always could rely on Danny. There were no other friends that made the point that Danny made that every time, every single time without fail, that I came back and visited Syracuse and visited my family and my friends, he made sure that he knew as soon as I was in town and as soon as he could, he was there. And we would have a few beers and we would hang out and and just have a good time and reconnect. And it, it really meant 
a lot to me because I always knew that there was that constant. There was always that one consistency that I could always rely on, right? And, you know, my my wife actually dated Danny, and that's actually how I met my wife was... Um, and my, you know, my wife and I kind of go back and forth on this. We seem to remember it differently. What I personally remember is that my brother walked through the door where we were living one day, and behind him was the girl that would become his wife. Behind my sister-in-law was Danny, and behind him was my wife. And... You know, they they broke up. It was a high school thing, you know. So they, they broke up and they went their separate ways. But I was I was always friends with both of them. And Danny met a girl, um, and they were on and off again. And there was nothing negative. There was nothing at all negative there. And uh, they, they had a little girl, and a beautiful little girl. And we kept our friendship going this entire time and it was you know it was a little bit ago that um, Danny suffered an unfortunate accident and he passed away and that to a certain extent that really uh, that really killed me right Uh, because I knew that that one constant that I had wasn't going to be there, right? And uh, and I never, I never said this to his face because I never really, I never realized it until afterward. And I'll you know I'll always carry a certain amount of guilt with that. Um, but you know even today there there's other than my brother there's one person that I consider to be my best friend. And actually, I should, I should immediately revise that. Other than my brother and my wife, who are absolutely my best friends in the entire world, um, there's a, there's always been one other person that I, I have always considered my best friend, and I have told him this over and over and over and over and over again. Uh, but that person isn't Danny. And Danny even more so than this other person, was that constant. Every single time I visited upstate New York after moving to Milwaukee, like I said, he was always there. He always made sure that he saw me, and he saw me as soon as he could once I was back. And I didn't realize until it was too late that as as much as anybody else Danny was my best friend he was one of the greatest persons that i have ever met and he loved unconditionally and for that reason uh my wife and i once we realized we were pregnant and once we had heard the news about our friend and a friend that meant 
so much to us. There wasn't a question. Immediately, little man's middle name was going to be Daniel. It just it just was. That's just the way it was going to be. And there was one visit. I think it was maybe the second or third visit that I came back to Milwaukee to see everybody that Danny and I got together. And like always, this would have been the day I got there, or if not, the second day. And we realized that we were both kind of kind of moving. Not I, Moving isn't really the best word. I guess expanding our musical taste. And we realized that we kind of like this uh, unique kind of turn that metal music was taking where there was like an element of pop but there was you know this is a little new metal ish at the same time and I know that carries a a fairly negative connotation but he's all he he always knew that I had a great appreciation for bands that had singers that could combine um adequate level screaming with um, fairly decent melodic adequacy at the same time. And he was really excited to show me a bullet for a pretty boy. And the first song that he played for me was The Deceiver. And that's the song that I started tonight's episode with. And for that reason alone... Right. Um, I don't. I would love for a bullet for a pretty boy to make it bigger, to make it more into the mainstream, to be more accepted. But even if they don't, they'll always hold that very, for me, visceral, sentimental value. Right. And I know that most other people attach themselves to artists or groups or particular songs in the same exact way. So it made absolute sense for me to start the first segment of the Newborn Podcast as being a segment in which I selected songs that in spite of their relative popularity in the mainstream meant something to me on that very visceral, real level. Because I know that that's a connection that all of us feel. Of course, it's not going to be over the same song or songs. And as this segment continues... I can't imagine that many people would have the same reactions to the same songs that I'll be selecting. But each and every week from here forward, I'll be leading the podcast off right before the kind of regular intro with one of these songs. And I'm going to call this segment Songs for a New Day. And... I mean something very specific in that. And what I mean is that these are songs that 
once revisited can allow me to move into tomorrow with a new understanding and appreciation for the world I'm about to experience when I step into it. And even if the songs that I select for this segment on a week-to-week basis do not strike you in the same way that they do me, and I doubt that they would, but even if they don't, perhaps the stories behind those selections can connect to you in such a way that you can choose a track as a surrogate and we can have that connection over that track, even if they're different. We can still feel the same thing. So, I've started on a somber note, and I suppose I should feel some kind of instinctual reaction of regret for that. But I'm not going to feel regret for that, and I'm not going to ref- I'm not going to feel regret for that because it it was a good day. It was a good day. Little man, grow up or er, grow up. Oh God, please, not quite yet. I need time. I'm wishing time away. I I need to not do that at all. Little man had a good day. There we go. That's what I meant to say. He had an excellent day. He grew up, and now. At five months, he's got teeth popping through. His clothes are barely fitting him anymore. And he's not the same guy that we brought home from the hospital the first day. He's growing every day. And if nothing else, my wife and I connect on that all the time, right? That we can't believe that this is the same child from that very first day when I, and this is a story for another time, but I kind of adamantly fought for us to just go home, (laughs) to just bring him home. But, you know, today, for instance, I, I keep you guys posted on the teeth saga. The last few days, he's been great with it. He doesn't seem to be in as much pain. Um, so my, my wife says that maybe his teeth aren't moving as much the last few days. And that very well may be the... I have no idea. I don't... I'm not going to pretend like I know more about um, anatomical development in infants than I do. Which is to say, I know basically fucking nothing, right? I know nothing at all other than what I read and what my wife tells me. And I trust all of it. Because who am I to say, right? Um, but at the same time, it's 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 amazing to have a day like today. So my wife left for work, and I got up with little man, and I gave him breakfast, and we hung out, and we played, and he laughed, and you know we had a good time, and then he took about a twenty minute nap, and during that twenty minute nap. I just, I, I vegetated, <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you. I, I just stared blankly ahead of me. And uh, I'm not, I can't be sorry for that. And I know other parents out there can feel me when I say that. I, I cannot be remorseful over that um, because if you, get, if you get that 20 minutes, you basically have one of two choices. Uh, take a nap to catch up on sleep that you had lost or vegetate. Well, my wife was amazing enough to let me 
and get a nice, full, more or less, seven hours worth of sleep. And I say more or less only because I got up around the five hour or so mark uh, to feed him because she had work today, which I was absolutely happy to do. Um, but otherwise, I had a nice, solid block of sleep, so I wasn't really super tired today. So when I had that 20 minutes when he napped during the morning, I just kind of vegetated out and just, you know, did my thing. And uh, and I made breakfast, and that's that's a whole other offshoot, which is I'm, I'm kind of back on my diet. So I was, when we found out that we were pregnant, I was at about 200 pounds, and last Sunday, I was 233 and change. So, I realized, I need to do something about this, or else I'm running the risk of potentially setting a bad example. So, uh, I went back on my kind of original diet before my wife even moved out, before we even married. And uh, this past week, I uh, dropped three of it, which, water, weight, or whatever, it doesn't matter. To me, it doesn't fucking matter. I dropped three of it, so I don't, I don't fucking care. I don't care what it was. I dropped three pounds, so, you know... It is what it is. I'm fucking happy. And, you know, I'm, I'm keeping going with that. So now I'm regimented, right? So he was taking a nap. I made myself some breakfast. Some breakfast. He woke up. I played with him, hung out with him. Uh, and then he went down for another nap. And I kind of snoozed for about 20 minutes. I'm not going to lie. And uh, I woke up. And I actually woke up before he did, which is pretty amazing. And he's now getting to the point where he can roll over to his stomach. And not only can he roll over to his stomach, but he can turn his head. So it still kind of worries me, to be honest with you. It still kind of worries me when he's sleeping on his stomach. Um, Just because I'm a parent and I fucking worry about that shit. And, you know, if I can help it, I don't like him to be sleeping on his stomach. Uh, But he has kind of developed the instinct to turn his head so he can keep breathing. So he didn't wake up. And when I went in there to check on him, he was sleeping on his stomach. And I rolled him over and he was, or I rolled him to his side. And he was still, you know, he was still out of it. And I came downstairs, I did a couple things, and then he started crying. So I turned him over to his back. And he kept going, so I was like, okay, so your nap is done, which was fine. He had slept for about an hour. So I brought him downstairs. I made some lunch for myself. And uh, then we went out. We went shopping. I finally got an umbrella stroller, which he's almost five months old. All right? My son is almost five months old. And an umbrella stroller, a fairly okay one, like I grabbed today with a canopy on it, that's lightweight and easy to throw in a car, even if you have a bunch of shit in it. Like, I always do. I always do. My my car is a fucking office, all right? It's two things. It's an office and a tool shed. So, my car constantly has uh, empty Gatorade bottles and monster cans because I'm always constantly going back and forth between two different schools, one of which is 45 minutes away from where we live, and the other about an hour and 20 minutes. So that tends to be my office in the one sense. And then I also do paintings here and there for our landlord. Pick up a couple extra bucks, you know, whatever. Pick up a couple extra bucks. So I keep a lot of the tools that I have associated with that side of work in my trunk. So I tend not to have a lot of space in my car. 
So it boggles my mind that I had gone for five months without an umbrella-style stroller. I just simply cannot fit the big kind of Tonka truck fucking stroller that my in-laws grabbed for us, which hugely appreciative of, hugely appreciative of, because it gets use all the time, constantly. Well, we keep it in my wife's car because she doesn't have a lot of stuff in her trunk, and it just makes sense. When we go out as a family, it's usually with her car, and it just, like I said, it makes sense. But when I want to take them out, I don't have anything that fits ideally into my car with all the bullshit that's in it. So today, I, you know, I basically said to myself, enough, enough is enough. So I got him pulled together. He was feeling good. So it made sense. It would be a good day to pack him up and to take him out for a stroll. So we went down and I picked up a couple groceries for the week. Just basically stuff that, you know, I specifically eat, you know, I had run out of. So, I, you know, I picked that up and I picked up an, an umbrella stroller for him. It was super good the entire time. And, uh, you know, I brought it home and then, you know, we ended up going out again after my wife got home and we picked out and put on layaway, uh, you know, a new furniture set because our furniture is bullshit. So it just as a very quick aside, our living room furniture is this, an entertainment center that has one shelf for, or two shelves for, like, games and shit, which is full of games. There's no DVDs on it. We have our DVDs on, like, six fucking racks to the left of it. That's how many goddamn DVDs we have because I'm a film teacher, so I collect a lot of films. And other than that, we have a love seat, a lo- not even a couch, a love seat, a two-cushion love seat, and then the glider rocker with the ottoman that she has that... Uh, my mother had gotten for her as a gift while she was pregnant. Other than that, that's it. You know, a coffee table, and that's it. We need some new furniture. So we brought him out again for a second time. We we set aside some furniture that we really liked, and uh, and then we went to the store again after that, and he was awesome. He He just had a super smooth day. And, you know, it was it was one of those days that we just constantly wish for that he's doing pretty good. And like I said, the last few days, his teeth seem to have been bothering him less for whatever reason. Maybe they're not moving as much. Um, maybe it's something else. All I really care about at the end of the day is that he seems as if he's been in less pain the last couple of days. And that makes me happy. But, you know, I... Uh, I just kind of surveyed the day, and I surveyed the last few days, and I've really, it's really become like reaffirming to me kind of what my place is, like what my place is in this order, right? So if I'm going to be healthier and be around I have to take care of the weight issue before it gets any more out of control. I already did that once. I weighed fucking 320 pounds at my maximum amount. So to drop 30 of it that I gained back, not that big a deal. I've done more in my life. Not that big a deal. But I need to do it, right? I can't just think about it. I have to actually fucking do it. I have to actually stop smoking instead of, you know, 
quit for a month, go on the patch for three months, and then go right back. I have to actually fucking do it. So I'm working towards kind of stacking all of these things together so I can finally just just be where I need to actually be, right? Be where I need to be to be the example that I want for him, right? And my wife's already doing this too, right? So, you know, she works on the weekends. She goes to school during the week. And she's fully aware that school is leading her to a career that she'll enjoy better than what she's doing right now and also at the same time serve as an example to him. Even if there are days she comes home and she doesn't really enjoy it. And I'm kind of doing the same thing, right? Where I teach film and English courses at the collegiate level. But, I, you know, I have days where I go to school and I'm not getting anything out of my students. I try to be lively, but they're just not interacting. And then I have one of my three sections <clears throat> where I have about a third of the students that aren't turning shit in. And you kind of... You feel like, in a sense, you're failing, right? You feel like you're failing, but you're also trying, right? And as long as you're trying, then you're not giving up. And if you're not giving up, then you're fighting. And if you're fighting, you're setting that example, right? That as long as you have decided that something is worth fighting for, and you continue fighting for that particular cause, then you're instilling in your kids or the young people around you that that is a life worth living, right? That as long as you have something that's providing you agency in your life, that they should do everything they can to find something that provides them that same sense of agency, right? And if not simply agency than agency with urgency at the same time as if they need to act now before it's too late and i think that's the way parents tend to feel constantly right that <clears throat> if they don't do something now then it's fleeting and it's gonna be too late really quick i mean shit it feels like we brought little man home yesterday and we always kind of joke about this, but we're also, there's there's an implicit sadness to it at the same time, and we both feel it, we absolutely both feel it, that we look at newborn pictures of him, and while the resemblance is there in physical body, he's just, within five months, he's just not the same kid. He's just, He's so different already, and there's an implicit sadness with that. And there's, there is excitement for what's coming next, you know, and I keep that in my mind, too, like, oh, he's going to start walking, you know, within the next, you know, six, seven, eight months, he's going to start talking with a couple words here and there right around the same time, and, you know, all of these really exciting things are coming, um, but it just, the rapid nature with which children grow really kind of and it's very very early after you have your first child you realize um kind of a new dimension of your own mortality right that if 
he can go from being a newborn day one to being five months that quickly, then shit, <laughs> right? Um, if if five six months can go that quickly, six months is half a year, right? And if half a year goes that quickly, then that means a full year isn't that much longer. And if a year isn't that much longer, wow. Um, so it's you know we just we do what we can. The time we have, and that's that's all we can do, you know. So, I got I in terms of the home life, I I occupy my headspace with kind of these the stories that I've shared with you, right? So the teething saga, and uh, you know all these other little stories. So, for instance, today once again, you know. He he was fussing a little bit, and he was fussing because he shit his pants, right? And kids do that. They shit their pants, and then they fuss. At least, hopefully, they fuss, right? Because they don't want to sit in their own filth. They're tired of it, right? Even if it's five minutes that's gone by. They don't want to sit in their filth any more than you want to shit your pants and sit in it, right? So, I'm on the phone with my mother, because we talk, you know, maybe once every couple weeks, just to keep each other posted on what's going on, and, uh... He had freshly shit his pants as I was just beginning to talk to her. And, you know, he started fussing up. So, you know, I disconnected with her and I took him upstairs to take care of him. And I got him undressed and I was, you know, I was getting ready to change. And I had his diaper off of him and I had the new one going. And I, I, I even had wipes on standby. My wife kind of picks on me about that a little bit. Um, but I'm, I just want to get the whole fiasco of the shit pants done as soon as I can. So I'll have everything kind of fucking laid out perfectly before I even take his diaper off him so I can get it done and over with, and suit him back up, and we can go about our day. Um, which I did, and I had his diaper off of him, right? I had wiped his ass and everything was totally fine. Took his diaper off of him, shoved his diaper in a diaper genie, and as I'm shoving it in the diaper genie, I hear that all too familiar sound of when you're a parent, it it uh it rings truer, I think. But the best way that I can describe it is it sounded like the slamming of a tidal wave against a Kind of a, a, a very very wide like a football stadium, right? Like a tidal wave just slamming in the middle of it. I don't know, whatever AT and T Stadium doesn't matter. And uh, as soon as you hear that sound, you know what exactly is, and that is the sound of droplets of piss slamming against the changing pad on the changing table. And I turn, and sure enough, he's pissing all over himself. And he's pissing on the chain, and he's fucking laughing. He's loving this shit. And I'm like a chicken with my head cut off, trying my best to find something that I can use to clean this up. And, you know, I, I, of course I did. You know, I, I took care of it. But, you know, there's there's something magical when you're changing a child and you look in that child's face and they're pissing all over the place, right? And they are smiling about as broadly as an eight-year-old on Christmas morning, right? It's just the funniest, 
most joyous occurrence that has ever happened to them that, guess what, Dad? Here's some more shit. <laughs> Enough. And that would have been fine in and of itself if it wasn't for the fact that the shit previous to that Piscopade had traveled from the small of his back all the way up to the other side of where it should have realistically been, right? So it was just, it was a compounding of one thing after another. And you know what? It's fine. It's fine. It just... It's those moments where you realize two things simultaneously and they're paradoxical to each other and that's really the best way that I could possibly describe parenting, which is that your child is exhausting their bladder all over everything other than the inside of a diaper while simultaneously giving you a smile that is kind of the most closely related to when childless people see a YouTube video of a premature puppy yipping, right? <laughs> that's, that's the best way that I can describe it. It just, it immediately breaks your heart because you know that something needs to be attended to immediately and it's not their fault, right? The the puppy's yipping for a particular reason. You need to figure out what it is. The child is pissing all over the place and you need to clean it up before it becomes more of a mess than it really needs to be. And at the same time, it's just melting you with that yip or that smile at the same time. And you you don't you almost don't even know how re, how to react in that moment. You just you're you're about as flustered as you possibly can be, right? It's almost like a moment of profound embarrassment. Right? It's it's not the same emotion as embarrassment, but it has kind of the same kind of effect on you where there's that brief moment where you don't exactly know how you should react properly, right? Um but you just kind of, just kind of do the best you can. So, related to that, or even just related to the past week of kind of goings-on, uh, we didn't get together on Tuesdays we usually would, because Little Man was really having a lot of trouble, um, presumably with his teeth, uh, not exactly sure. Uh, so that was really the main reason that I postponed until yesterday. Uh, but yesterday, it didn't seem as if his teeth were bothering him, but for whatever reason, it was just very difficult for him to go to sleep. And my wife has told me that kids around this age start kind of just start getting into REM sleep, which could be the case. I don't really know. Personally, it could be the case, and you know that REM sleep is a softer sleep, and you know sometimes it could be difficult for children to move beyond that kind of sleep. Um, all I know is that he couldn't fall asleep well until she came home last night, 
And uh, she came home a little bit late last night. She had things she had to do. And, uh, you know, I was just, as we both are, we're, we're just fucking exhausted. We just are. And, you know, you guys, again, I know I say this a lot, and I don't mean it to be kind of a, a way to make this podcast exclusive to any one demographic. I don't at all. Because this demographic should be as much about kind of sharing my experience with other parents so they can kind of tell themselves, fuck, at least it's not me, or at least it's not just me, but it should also be um, a podcast for people without kids, not necessarily as a warning, um, but just to kind of share potential, right? <laughs> like, these are things that could potentially happen. Like, for for instance, um, there's a lot of, th- there's this uh, kind of saying, um, there is no rule book. That's attached to a lot of different things. So I've heard it attached to fighting, right? So, well, you should fight whatever the way you want to, man. Punch somebody right in the fucking dick and balls. There ain't, there ain't no rule book for fighting. Fuck it, right? I've heard the same thing with kids. Kids don't come with a manual. There's no rule book for kids. All right, you know, I get it. That's fine. And that's... That kind of loops back to something I said on the first or second podcast, which is, you know, and even to this day, even having experienced having a child for this long, it still fucking annoys me when people are like, oh, you're never ready for girls. Is, you know, it's true to an extent, but it's not true universally. And that's the way it comes off when someone says that. Oh, you're never ready. Yeah, well, there's certain fucking ways that you can be ready, right? So, for instance, you can be ready or you can have an avenue or you can have, you know, some kind of support system behind you to be financially ready for children, right? We've kind of leaned on the support available to us. We have gathered our own finances to support our child financially, financially, and before we had him, we had a firm understanding that we'd be able to do that. We have a fucking house with four walls, more than four walls, right? Three fucking levels of four walls and three levels of fucking roofs. We knew we'd be able to handle them. We knew we'd be just fine. We knew we'd be able to clothe our child, so on and so forth. There was one thing we weren't ready for, and I kind of brought it up earlier, which was nobody had the fucking common decency to tell us that maybe, just maybe, you should have two strollers, right? And if somebody had, I would have immediately been inspired to say, you know, what the fuck do we need two strollers? We're not having twins, dude. We're not having twins. We don't need a tandem stroller. We don't need any of that bullshit. But if someone had taken the time to explain to me, there is a world of difference between unhooking your child's entire fucking car seat from the base in the car and snapping it into a huge Tonka truck size stroller versus unstrapping your child from the car seat and letting that motherfucker sit in the car on the base and putting him into a lightweight slash umbrella stroller while he's still sleeping because by five months you figured that fucking trick out to be able to move the kid from one area to another without them waking up, that if you move them to that lightweight stroller, number one, it's lightweight, goes without saying. Number two, it's a lot more compact, a lot more versatile. It's nice to have both. If you're going to be gone 
you're going to be outside for a long time, nice to have that Tonka truck, right? If you're just going down to the store, fuck it. Take the umbrella. It ain't going to be that long. He'll be fine, right? No one, no one told us that. Maybe some people tell other people that shit. No one told us that. Maybe other people fail to tell their friends or their loved ones about other avenues, right? Who knows? Maybe people don't say, you know, no one told us this either, but maybe people don't tell their friends or their loved ones. Pampers are really good for, you know, the first few years of a kid's life, and then Huggies tend to be better. We don't even know that yet, right? He's only five months old. Right now, Pampers are still the shit, and at my original claim on that still holds true as of right now fuck huggies pampers all the way but a lot of people have told me right pampers are good for the first couple years and then huggies are better for kind of the latter half of infancy into kind of the toddler years that very well may be right people at least kind of it may have been after the fact but it wasn't very long after the fact they they at least kind of informed me on that no one fucking told me that it would be in my interest to have two strollers, a Tonka truck, and a lightweight. Nobody told me that shit. We had to learn that on our own. Maybe this podcast can serve in that way, too. Right? Maybe fucking get both. Right? Maybe devise yourself a list that's not only exhaustive for the things you know absolutely positively you're going to need on day one once the kid is born, but also maybe, just maybe, take some cues i'll throw out some shit that might be helpful too right maybe like one of the things that we did was hugely helpful is we have three diaper bags we have a diaper bag for my wife we have a diaper bag for me and we have a diaper bag for him when he goes to the sitters and it's fucking awesome mine gets used probably the least frequently because i it just is what it is I have a lot of grades that I need to get in. I have a lot of papers I need to grade. So I tend to kind of hang out with him more at home, right? I play with him uh, when he's up and moving and active. I hang out with him. I, I love the time with my son. But when he's taking a nap or when he's focused on something else, I'll get some grades done. So we tend not to leave the house as often. When he's with my wife, you know, they're not always out of the house, but they tend to go out and hang out and kind of go to the store and shit a bit more often than him and I do. And then obviously the babysitter, when he's over there, he needs, you know, he needs a tackle box worth of supplies. And it's, it worked wonderfully to have three different diaper bags, one for each particular potential situation. And, uh, you know, I, I can't recommend that enough. That's, that's been amazing. That has been amazing. But the other thing I can say is don't, don't even... All right, so I'm going to say this, but every kid is different, right? That's another trope, but it's absolutely true. That trope is absolutely true. Every kid is different. What I can tell you is in my circumstance, swings are fucking worthless, right? For our guy, swings are like screen doors on submarines. They mean fucking dick. All our guy needs is a little, like, bouncer chair, right? that has the straps that he can sit in, and he's cool. More often than not, he's awesome in that. You need, once they're tall enough and have enough support with their head to sustain themselves, an extra saucer. 
And then, furthermore, once again, they can kind of keep themselves upright to the minimum kind of need for it. A jumperoo. You need those three things. And at least in my own personal subjective experience, that's it. We had him in a swing for maybe the first couple months of his life, and we have not had him in a swing since. And I know a lot of people swear by him. A lot of people say that's the only thing I'll get my kid to fall asleep is a swing. Um, But in our circumstance, no. If he's going to fall asleep, he's going to fall asleep in two different ways. We're either going to pat his back and rock him to sleep and then put him down in his chair or in his crib for his nap, or he's going to fall asleep on his own in his uh, in his little chair with his harness on. Those are the two ways he's going to fall asleep. Neither one requires a swinging motion, right? When he's in our arms, yeah, we rock back and forth in a rocker, and uh, you know we pat his back. But other than that, it's not it's not a requirement that he swings back and forth. Um, we were given one. So that was cool, right? So we realized that we didn't fucking need it without spending any money, right? But otherwise, you know, it's just it's what it is. Now, I know I know exactly what's going to happen. I'm sure it's going through your mind as you're listening to this, which is when we have our next one, that little man and little lady, is that's all they're going to fucking want is a swing. <laughs> that's all they're going to want. And we'll probably get rid of the one that we have, and then we'll be fucked because we'll have to get a new one. Um, but, you know, from what I can see, at least in this particular circumstance with this particular child, fucking worthless. Right? So, it you know, kind of... It is what it is. But I just go based on what my observation is, and... My observation is that there's certain things that a lot of people have said are absolutely essential when you have a kid that you absolutely don't need. And there's other things that nobody fucking tells you you probably should have that you really absolutely need to have, like a heavy-duty stroller and a lightweight stroller. Both. At least as far as I can see, they're both essential because they both have very particular functions and very particular venues. And when you're stuck in an area where... You really need one, but you only have the other. It's immediately infuriating, and you have to immediately bottle it up because you can't lose your shit in front of the kid. Which leads me to this. Recently, and I don't know what the deal is. I don't think I'm doing it any differently than I ever did. But for some reason, over the last week, when I burp or when I sneeze, now little man is crying. Right, And it makes me feel awful because he gets, this kid has the lip. He's got it down, right? So as soon as something scares him or he's saddened by anything, that lip just, boom, like three feet out from his face, it crushes you immediately. It's like puppy dog eyes. It just fucking melts you. And for some reason over the last week, burps and sneezes from me specifically have been eliciting this from him. And I don't I don't feel like I'm doing it any differently than I ever did before. But for some reason, this is what it is. So now, you know, you adapt. You adapt. You know, you just assume like right now I'm assuming that even though I don't think that I've been doing it, say, with any more force, 
Now I'm trying to rein it in so he can't hear it, right? Which I don't know whether or not that's a good... Nobody has written a fucking academic essay on conditioned fear in children via burps and sneezes, right? So what the fuck am I supposed to do? The only thing I can think to do is to try to rein it in. Right Again, I don't think I've been doing it any louder or more forcefully than I ever did, but the only thing I can think of is that whatever force he's perceiving is scaring him, so the only way to keep it from scaring him is to try to hold it in as much as possible, which is not to say not to burp or sneeze, but to kind of be as reserved about it as possible. If not, leave the room, right? But it's just, it's everything is so different. From week to week. For instance, I needed a coat. So yesterday, we went over to Old Navy because they have their little fucking uh, outerwear sale. Yeah, all right. What a product placement. They never fucking asked me about anything. Whatever. Believe they sent me money on it. Really don't give a shit. But we went over there because they had their outerwear sale specifically so I could find something. Right? And where that store is, there's a Carter's like two stores down. So, my wife wanted to go in to Carter's since it was right there. So, we went in there. It's like a combination Carter's and Oshkosh, Bagash, fucking store rolled into one. So, we go in there, and uh, and we're looking around, and we're looking at, you know, we're looking for specific things. And, you know, she bought a handful of different stuff for him. You know, she bought him a sweater. It really is. It's like a fall sweater. It's cute. You know, she bought him a false sweater. She bought him some kimono-style onesies, which I'm not even going to fucking explain it. All right, I'm just, just fucking look it up. It's a, I'll, I'll say it's slower so you can look it up easier. It's a kimono-style onesie. It's, 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 to say it best, it fucking snaps on one side of their body instead of down the middle. That's the best way I can fucking describe these things. But she likes them. They're easier for her to deal with. Fine. If he's clothed, what the fuck? I don't know shit. So the other thing that he needs, because he's as big as he is, is pants. Like he constantly needs pants. None of the six-month pants that we have for him fit because he's tall. He's a tall kid. He's heavy, but he's tall, too, so he's proportionate. So we're looking around for pants. She found him a couple pairs of pants from uh, from Old Navy while we were over there, I think. Right. I'm sure she's listening in and she's going to tell me tomorrow morning that I was totally fucking wrong. But I think she found him a pair of pants or two at Old Navy, if I remember correctly. But I know for a fact, because it had to do directly with me, that she was waiting in line over at Carter's with a couple things that she found from over there. And I looked over and I saw a rack. And the rack said pants. It said pants, specifically. It said fucking pants. It didn't say fucking but it said pants, and next to it, $5. And I'm, you know, I try to be fairly thrifty, so I'm like a fucking meerkat at this point. $5 pants? Fuck yeah. So I kind of pointed out to her, and she's in line. She doesn't want to leave line because she doesn't, you know, we're trying to leave. We're trying to go home because it was almost time for him to go to bed, and he was already kind of in and out. So she said, yeah, go over to, go over there, look, you know, grab, grab a pair or two, of, you know, if they look decent. So I go over there. And it looked like there was a bunch of sweatpants. And there was, like, white and gray and red. And then there was one that was, uh, like, denim. Like a pair of jeans. And 
on closer inspection, the sweatpants style, the white, the gray, and the red, had glitter on them. So obviously, at least as far as I could tell, the fact that they had glitter on them meant that the store was probably marketing them towards little girls. Which, whatever, it's totally fine. It was kind of in the middle of the walkway, so maybe not the best place, right? Maybe put your unisex shit in the hallway. By the way, if you've ever been to a Carter's, I don't know if they're all like this, but walkways and Carter's, it's a fucking children's clothing store, and you can basically get dick down the hallways, Right, we had, This was one of my inspirations for getting the fucking umbrella stroller today. We had the Tonka truck stroller with us when we were walking through Carter's. And there was no fucking doing it. I had to basically rearrange the floor model of the fucking store in order to get around following behind my wife with little man in this big ass stroller. But I digress. I'm flipping through these pants on this $5 rack. And there's all these sweatpants with fucking glitter on them. And I, even if they were marketed to boys, I'm not buying them fucking pants with glitter on them. Because it's been said by comedians in the past, and I cannot come up with the exact comedian off the top of my head, but whoever it was, I believe it was a guy, so I'm going to subscribe it to a guy in terms of pronoun, uh, absolutely right when he said, glitter is the fucking herpes, herpes of craft supplies. It's absolutely fucking true. And you guys know that. As soon as you introduce glitter into your house, you're fucked. It's all over everything. It's done. So I wasn't getting him a pair of pants with glitter on him. I didn't give a shit if it said world's coolest dude on the fucking side of the pant leg. Fuck you. I don't care. Make a pair without glitter. We'll talk. But I looked down and the denim pants in this $5 pants underscore pants section didn't have glitter on them. So I said, all right, perfect. I'm going to find him a pair of nine month. He's just... Just younger than five, but I'm going to give him nine months because he's a fucking giant. So I'm going to give him a pair of nine months. We'll be perfect. They're five bucks. would be perfect. So take him over there. And my wife says something about leggings. And I'm pretty sure she's listening in now. If she's not, I'm sure she'll be listening at some point. Uh, I do everything I can to listen to my wife. Every single time I'm out with her for every second that I'm out with her. And when she does listen to this, even if she's not listening right now, she'll know on Christmas morning that I do fucking listen to her. Okay? So, baby, I fucking listen. But uh, I didn't exactly catch what she was saying about leggings. Come to find out, all of the pants on that rack were legging-style pants, right? So, technically, for girls. Which, honestly, they were styled denim, so I really don't fucking care. I really don't care. They fit them fine. They're tight, though. Right? They're tight because they're technically they're fucking leggings. Right? So, she puts them on them, and she really loves this one picture that we have hung up of him when he was, I think, maybe two, maybe three months old. Because he's just in a onesie, and his legs are sticking out, bare, and he's got, like, fucking chicken legs, right? And it's funny, because he's, you know, right now, he's kind of barrel-chested, a little bit like his old man, 
and it's it's a funny picture. And that's all I could think of when she had these leggings on him, right? Because they make him look like the exact same way, especially when she had the leggings on him with this new sweater that she bought for him. And sweaters are poofy, you know? They're generally a little bit bigger than your usual shirt because they need to fit over a shirt. So, and that just accentuated this kind of, kind of thin-legged look for a little man, which is, you know, whatever, whatever. But I guess, I don't know. I don't even know what the fucking point of this story is. Maybe it's just that Carter's rearrange a fucking store. Make it clear to idiot fathers like me what shit is for girls and what shit is for boys, right? And everything down the middle or what I would conceivably understand as being the middle aisleway of your store, make that shit unisex so as not to confuse, again, idiots like me. That would be most helpful. And that leads me to another question. And I'll probably leave you guys with this, because if I can get any feedback on anything, it would be this specific question. And that is, why, oh why, do pants specifically made for infants have functional pockets? What is the point? Right? Do they make money clips sized? For five months olds, right? Five months olds. Five month olds? Or, I don't know, am I supposed to have them hold on to my dime bag? Like, what the, what is the point of a two inch by two inch pocket in the side of a kid's pair of pants? Is it to hold one fruit snack? What is the fucking deal with this? Even with kids jackets with kids winter jackets when they're that young when again he's five months old even 12 months old they have fully functional pockets a kid right at least as far as i can see with my own son a kid is not using his pockets in the same way that an adult uses their pockets during the winter they're not putting their hands in their pockets in the case of my son right he will be sucking on a frozen thumb in the middle of March while lint in his pocket stays nice and toasty fucking warm, right? I don't, I don't, I don't know. If anybody knows what the function of those pockets is, please let me know, right? I don't think it's for mittens because when I was a little, little person, and from what I can remember, what I've been told about when my brother was a little, little person, they always ran his mittens from one sleeve through the other. So they wouldn't get lost. So they're not for mittens. If they're not for mittens, they're, they're definitely not for socks if they've got shoes on and boots on to keep their feet warm past the socks. So I don't know. I just I don't get what the function of pockets in kids clothing is say before the age probably before the age of even like three right probably before the age of five right why would you even have that which i guess the reciprocal question is why once you're past i don't know it's gonna be arbitrary because nobody i think can really answer this question purely so let's say after 12 after 12 why is there any men's jacket, specifically suit jackets, 
all the way up until today, I have tried on suit jackets and blazers that have fake pockets. Fuck you. What is the fucking point? What is the point of that? Why are you putting on a fake pocket? I would assume that that's an adornment, like, for decoration, like, as to make the blazer seem more fancy. But if that's the purpose, how much more would the blazer had been had you made that pocket actually fucking functional? Furthermore, furthermore, why is it that on the suit jacket that I wore for my wedding that the breast pocket was fully functional yet still tied down? Why did I have to cut the string to allow myself access to my own fucking pocket? What is the deal with clothing manufacturers and pockets in general? Is there a lack of understanding as to how humans at various age levels utilize pockets and find them necessary at various stages of their life? Seriously. Why do 12 months why do 12 month olds have cargo pants accessible to them? Right? Or carpenter's pants. Have you ever seen a 6 month old carrying a hammer around with a fucking paint roller in his hand on his way to work? I don't understand. I guess maybe it's just look at how cute that is. But I'm trying to wrap my head around, uh, so here's, here's a good explanation. A six-month-old does not need a functional pocket. A 31, 32-year-old on his way down the aisle for his wedding could conceivably make use of a breast pocket, right? Why does the child get a functional pocket? And the 31, 32-year-old does not. I don't... I don't know. I, I don't... I don't fucking know. I don't know. My head is actually starting to hurt. I just... I don't fucking get it. So... I want... Before I leave you guys, I want to kind of get you set for next week. So, next week, as I said when I started tonight's podcast... I've decided that this podcast should be as much an audio diary for my son as it should be a telling of stories to you guys related to this new grand adventure of being a father for the first time. So next week, I'm going to share a selection of stories from kind of my past, some maybe from my childhood, some may be more recent, and therefore, two reasons. Number one, to share these stories with my son, hopefully once he's old enough for them. Right, we'll, we'll see. If he has kind of the aptitude for finding uh, kind of you know, I guess torrents, right? Fuck it. I'm just going to say it. Torrents and shit. And like pirated streams. That his old man does, he's, he'll probably find this shit sooner than he probably should. But you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna share some stories. So I think next week I'm probably definitely gonna share my story of the amount of time that I lived in Florida. Right? And I may throw in some other little stories in there as well, um, and uh, perhaps they will give an idea of 
Uh, not only some of my own history for my son when he comes back, hopefully one day and listens into some of these things, uh, but maybe to give you guys an idea of kind of where I came from and uh, some of the moments that made me realize that I needed to calm the fuck down, <laughs> right? And uh, and really start doing something with myself, and uh, and that led me to kind of where I am right now. So I want to thank you for listening in there's a bunch of different ways that you can kind of keep track with what's going on so you can follow the show at facebook.com slash the newborn father you can check the twitter I do my best to go up on twitter i'm not always the best at it but i'm working at it you follow on twitter at newborn father there's no love with the twitter just at newborn father you can listen in every tuesday night and this will resume this tuesday every tuesday night 10.30 Central Standard Time at Mixler.com slash The Newborn Father to listen in to brand new episodes of The Newborn Podcast live. If you're not able to make it live, by the next day, sometimes later on in the day, but certainly by the next day, you can also check out the archived version of that live stream via the Stitcher mobile app. Absolutely free. You can listen to the podcast and all of those that have been archived via Stitcher at any point. You never have to pay a dime. It's an excellent way to keep track of the podcast. You can also check out via thenewbornfather.com the YouTube page. On the YouTube page, I have videos that are entitled Game for Dads. They are meant to be games. They can be kind of digested in bite-sized chunks. For parents, broadly speaking, but more specifically for dads, um, that could be potentially of interest. Episode 4 is coming soon. Episode 4 is actually going to be part 2 of the Binding of Isaac Rebirth with the Afterbirth DLC. So that's that's coming soon. Keep your eye out for that. And uh, and keep, keep checking in, right? Episode 10 is going to kind of start with these stories. Maybe I'll have a guest. Maybe I won't. We'll see. It'll be an extended version. Tonight was a little bit extended. I didn't assume that I would be going this long tonight. Um, But next week certainly will be uh, an extended episode. So please tune in or listen in on the download. I appreciate everyone who already does that. And I will check you guys out next time. Have a good one. Take care of each other. Thank you.